0: Dog. Welcome to Hillside Diet.
1: Thanksgiving stinks. Being old is awesome. I believe twins should be separated at birth. The Bachelor is the perfect way to find adults love. who, like Disneyland, are deeply unwell.
0: back to another episode of hills I die on today is another strange and gloomy quarantine day in Los Angeles made significantly brighter by the virtual presence of today's most wonderful guest she is a hilarious and talented writer producer for shows such as single parents you're the worst and LA to Vegas she's also a style icon extraordinaire and one of the most prolific humans on this planet please welcome to the podcast Allison Bennett
1: Yay. Thank you for having me, Taylor. That was too nice. That was the nicest thing that's happened to me.
0: I that you being on my podcast uh, in general is the nicest thing that's happened to me in weeks, but you being on my podcast, knowing that you're having a baby in one week is just like I'm over the moon.
1: Baby in one week plus quarantine. The fact that I'm agreeing to say sentences into a recorder is pretty shocking.
0: It's going to be great. Uh, I'm so excited to have you. Your hill is one of my favorites. Oh, also, I was going to say, well, I'm so excited for you to have this baby. I'm a little devastated knowing that I'm going to stop getting links to clothing that oh, don't fit yeah. me right now um so yeah every kind time of a I can't time every me. time I
1: can't buy an article of clothing because of my massive body I send the link to Taylor so she can buy it
0: yeah so right now is a good time for me um if you could be a little sensitive about the fact I'm gonna lose that in a week I'd appreciate that we'll just
1: be twins we'll walk into the writer's room we'll have the same outfit on nobody will mention <laughs> that, it
0: It's going to happen even if you aren't sending me links. You're going to be buying things and I'm going to be like screenshotting them on your Instagram. But that's not what we're here to talk about today as much as I would love to talk about uh, your stylish ways. Uh, We are here because you have a very wonderful and controversial (laughs) hill to die on. Uh, Would you mind telling us what that is? It's uh, enjoying documentary murderers is okay. Not the murder, the murderers. The murderer. Not, yes, of course. The actual, the, the oftentimes serial killers so before we start just a little context to this hill as we all know our global obsession with true crime has never been bigger after the serial podcast in 2014 and hbo's the jinx in 2015 the true crime industry straight up exploded we had you know my favorite murder blow up we got matt smith to play charles manson we had zach efron taking his shirt off playing like the sexiest ted bundy but then just a few months ago if you can believe it or not literally every news outlet everywhere, turned on a dime and started writing articles about how we should all be ashamed of ourselves for consuming this content and glamorizing serial killers. So I'm excited to hear your brave opposing viewpoint for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I shocked everyone in the single parents room a couple months ago. I hope you were there. We were sitting around having lunch and we were talking about who what celebrities or famous people we'd want to have dinner with. And I was like Robert Durst. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> and people like really, even in a comedy room, were like very troubled by this. And like clearly, Robert Durst is one of the world's worst people. He's murdered yes. multiple women, countless dogs. Um, but he also wears yes. like Harajuku contacts to make his pupils look bigger, and says things like "bye bye." So, you know, you you can't deny that there is like that some bad people are slightly funny. Not all bad people are funny, but some are. And I think that like the last couple of weeks with Tiger King, that's been like a huge uh, topic of conversation, too, is are we having the right conversation like surrounding Tiger King?
0: totally and also just to that no one is asking what really good nun would you like to have dinner with it's who's the most fascinating person you want to have dinner right. with and sometimes it is the brain of somebody who is like you know unique or troubled or you know right. and with it something is that are if I saw
1: you know if I looked across the street and I saw Robert Durst was standing there I would like hide under my bed and cry and like it wouldn't be a funny bit anymore but like in yes, that yes, moment, in that like hypothetical, like fun lunchtime chat, that's kind of where my head <laughs> was. And people were just you
0: quieted like, <laughs> the room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but with the whole Joe Exotic thing, like I've seen so many arguments in the last couple of days about how the documentary is not really about the tigers at all. I'm like, if you told me here's a six part documentary about tiger abuse, I would never, ever, ever, ever turn it on ever. Like, uh, yeah. that is, like, the worst punishment for quarantine, like, sitting there depressing, would just wouldn't touch that, it. But if you're like, hey. It's Blackfish. Here's a documentary. Yeah, it's Blackfish, which I also enjoyed for in a different way. But if you're like, hey, here's a documentary about this, like, crazy redneck guy who has, like, two husbands, and there's all these other, like, big cat cults, and they're all trying to murder each other. I'm like, yeah, I'm in for six episodes. And because of that, at the end of it, I actually do have opinions about tiger abuse, which I didn't have, you know, two weeks ago. So I don't know. I, just, I think that sometimes people kind of miss the point of true crime, which is it's, it's super hard to do. I would never want to be a producer of true crime because I do think that the tone is like almost impossible to nail. But to me, the, like, fake deadline, like, salacious, like, over-the-top descriptions of, like, dead female bodies, that's, like, way more disgusting to me than, like, here's this guy named Joe Exotic who's, like... Crazy, You know what I mean? A hundred percent.
0: I also think it just uh, one of the big things is that it is forcing people to have the conversations. Uh, So, you know, think pieces like we aren't caring enough about the Tigers wouldn't have happened without Joe Exotic. So even though it wasn't directly present in the actual filmmaking, it's something that we're now talking about and thinking about and is, you know, so pervasive that the memes have become uh, annoying uh, within the span of like a week. Right it's uh yeah, it's so been, it's
1: been it's been pretty, but like Joe exotic is like a very special like true crime character.
0: For sure. He's so fascinating. Well, and here's the other crazy part. Here's the part that's like almost undeniable with some of these people. And yes, we, we can get into like the internalized, you know, sexism and oftentimes racism and how we perceive people being likable or unlikable. But a lot of these guys are able to get away with what they get away with because of charm. And that's why they are picked as the ones that we cover. But we gravitate toward the people who were able to course you know 50 women to marry them in a cult or look like your average joes of the world and then are like oh my god they also were a serial killer it's there's a word for people who are actually attracted to the concept of someone murdering other people but i don't think that's what most of this is and i don't think that's what people
1: are and i mean like oj simpson is like the best person at being famous ever I mean, yes, in terms of like true. he like last week, O.J. Simpson commenting on Carol Baskins being like she definitely murdered her husband was so gross and disgusting, but was like immediately like in all of the headlines and par- and like so many yes. people texted it to me because I was so into all of the O.J. stuff a couple years ago. But um, there's like a way to even like cover that case where sometimes. Like, for example, like I have read a lot of like Jeffrey Tubin's stuff and his book is the one that the FX series was based on. But I tend to find I'm starting like a flame war with Jeff Tubin right now. But like I tend to find his work like a little bit sexist, like he was a little like slut shaming of Nicole, I thought, in his book. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's an example of like a true crime thing that I read about OJ where I was like, I did feel kind of gross about it at times. And I was like, I don't like this. But then when I watched like run of his life and there's like that whole episode about the OJ Simpson prank show and you sit there and you find yourself kind of charmed by it. It is complicated, but, you know, it is showing like a, a real person who was like charming in that one specific moment. But of course, is like a disgusting, abusive monster. Of course. I think I but hate myself. But- I hate myself, Taylor.
0: No no, but I think you're I think you're addressing this like human nature reaction to a lot of this stuff there 's a reason that true crime has blown up in the way it has because you 're not alone in feeling this and to be able to have the conversation about why we feel this and be able to address you know like how we can change telling these stories is actually like it's a good one to have um, yeah I have a list of I made a list of arguments so truly when I was looking into this every single uh news outlet had something to say about it most of it coming out of the woodworks trying to jump on that bandwagon of being like shame on all of you for liking this um shame culture is a whole other thing that I have a huge problem with but uh we can get into that later but the Atlantic the Guardian Teen Vogue New York Post Cosmo the rap bustle USA Today like there were even Netflix went out (laughs) and said stop calling Ted Bundy hot do you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I actually I
1: didn't watch the, I didn't I didn't watch the Ted Bundy stuff. Um, so I cannot oh, really? I cannot weigh in on that. No, I didn't and I didn't watch. I read the Anne Rule book a couple years ago and it was like the most terrifying thing I've ever yeah. read. But I'm not like a I'm not so much of a of a Bundy head. But like I do remember when people were like, "Oh, he's so sexy." If you look back, like he wasn't so sexy. He just wasn't the monster that everybody thought that he was like crawling out of a sewer to like be one of the most evil people that we've probably, you know, dealt with in the latter half of the 20th century. But, you know, um, I think it's almost important to know that sometimes monsters aren't in these like gross packages. Does that make sense? Like we all need
0: to be deeply afraid of straight white men at all times. <laughs> Just like of everyone, just like they're uh, they're <laughs> yeah. all murders. I don't know. Speaking of people that were like speaking out against it, did you watch you? <laughs> no, I saw like the first few
1: episodes, but I did not. I did not. I did not take to it. I thought maybe there will oh, be another okay. that
0: I'll return to it, but like it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't
1: finish the deep dive.
0: Got it. I watched all of season one and I like was so into it, uh, but then was shocked when Penn Badgley himself like took to Twitter to like complain about how people were glamorizing his character. <laughs> <laughs> Penn Badgley, you're like and a TV hottie. Like that's, and you were like brought out of obscurity for this role that like miraculously got successful after like fully tanking on Lifetime.
1: The sexist. Yeah. Well, yeah. The crazy sexist thing about you is that when it was on Lifetime, no one was paying attention to it. And then when it made to Netflix, it was like, Oh, this is amazing. It's like, this is a Lifetime production. And yes. And like, just because it was branded as content for women doesn't mean that we have to ignore it until we're watching it. Like on the flashing red box on our tv you know it's, i shouldn't go 100%. back and support it just to be like yeah
0: lifetime this was good and you guys had a good show <laughs> but i haven't yeah good haven't, for you i haven't got it yet it's quarantine you have one week before the baby comes that's, that's probably how should do. you should be spending i should watch you i should watch you i should <laughs> Figure out
1: how I feel about stalkers and you. Amazing.
0: Uh, okay. I made a list of other arguments that were made throughout a lot Ooh. of these news outlets. I'm going to start probably in order of easier to debate versus harder to debate. That okay. sound good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, a writer at the New York Post said, humans have always been addicted to horrifying news stories. However, have we ever before been so openly giddy to relive someone else's horrors? No. Agree or disagree? I would disagree.
1: I think even like back to the, like the 1800s people were, and earlier people were super into these stories. I do a lot of historical tours in Los Angeles. Um, Hadley Mears is like an excellent tour guide and actually Kyle Mack's cousin-in-law, one of our coworkers, (laughs) cousin-in-law. And I'm like deeply obsessed with her tours. And she does a lot of like murdery or kind of like sketchy story tours and you know a lot of these tabloid sensations of like the early you know 19th century or whatever um were like murder girls and stuff like that like crazy banana stories so I think it's something that we've always been drawn to I just don't know if we've ever been pumping it into our ears and our eyeballs at the rate that we can now just because of how content is created. Sure.
0: Also to that, as when you said 1800, it made me realize like we were beheading people in public squares for entertainment like oh my not God. So long ago. Like we were gathering to watch witches burn at the stake, which like, let's be clear. I do not condone this behavior, no, but I do believe that. civilization has come a long way to listening to podcasts and rating think pieces and writing think pieces about it. Also the fact that Kyle Mack has a tour guide in his jeans is the most obvious thing it's, that I've ever heard well, it's, his,
1: it's his wife's cousin but
0: i oh.
1: <laughs> but still it's in the family i'm i'm if you ever she does a lot of tours for like atlas obscura and cartwheel oh, amazing. they're like amazing and i for my birthday last year um she took a bunch of us like around and we did a whole downtown la thing and it was super fun but like these were all you know the gray the graystone mansion in los angeles like that was like kind of a gay love triangle murder that happened probably like a hundred years ago. And that was, you mm-hmm. know, front page news for, for months in LA. Um, Cause it was like these hoity, mm-hmm. to- toity murderers. So, I mean, I think it's all connected to a grand um, tradition. I just don't know if we should be putting content into our ears and eyes 24, seven a day, like as it is, like, no matter in what general. it is, <laughs> like, 100- if it's, like, is it, like if it's murder or like, I don't know. Animal Crossing, which is something people have gotten into this week. I just don't know if we're supposed to be doing anything
0: eight hours a day. You should see my sick numbers in terms of how much phone usage. It's like your phone usage has gone up 78% this week for a total usage of 23 hours and 20 minutes a day. I've never been on my phone more. It's insane. No, my my hands, I'm going to emerge from this. Everyone's (laughs) saying that their hands are taking a toll because of the washing. Mine is from the scrolling. Like, I'm going to have arthritis when all is said and done. We're going to be old ladies and people are going to be like, grandma's hands are fucked up because she lived through the virus. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I have for you is having a hunk play a disgusting criminal is a key to making an exploitative film that aims to explain the serial killer's charm more so than their derangement. How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, is anyone being in a movie who's not a hunk, like, in general? So true. <laughs> Eileen Warnows was played by Charlize Theron, and, like, obviously that was part of, like, her uh, her plan to take over the world as, like, a more dramatic actress who was taken more seriously. But, like, we're still... We're, al- we're always just putting, like, weird teeth on hotties, like, no matter what the movie is.
0: <laughs> so true. Also, I hate to say it, but some of them, like, were kind of hot. Like, Andrew Cunanan, like... It is a hot person in my eyes. Well, <laughs> he's a monster.
1: Yeah, that that Versace season was crazy. I I loved I loved it. You just had to push through the violence of those first couple episodes. But like, yeah, I mean, he wasn't bad. He wasn't super hot. <laughs> he's not really my
0: type. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, he's definitely my type. If we're going through like hottest versus <laughs> least hottest. <laughs> of some of these criminals i mean they pick people who look kind of like they pick less shitty versions of what the people look like right and like i'm sure darren chris was like i want to play
1: a monster because he's been like singing and dancing and and twirling on television for a while like getting to play like a deeper character because i'm sure he's like been typecast his entire life as like the most beautiful man on the planet because he's really hot
0: (laughs) totally and he was on like what glee isn't glee what made yeah him famous? i think it
1: was glee yeah well, i love him and same with zach
0: efron who went from high school musical to ted bundy which is right. like
1: <laughs> what a journey people want to be taken seriously i think as actors and i think playing really dark characters is part of that journey and also like i mm-hmm. said we're not we're not going to put like really ugly people on in a movie. <laughs>
0: That's for the writer's room. (laughs) That's where we go and eat our Trader Joe's snack. Come join us. Um, Oh, by the way, I just found the word for the type of paraphilia that it is. It's called hybristophilia. And it's a condition in which a person gets sexually aroused over someone else committing an offensive or violent crime. I read a really
1: interesting book called Women Who Love Men Who Kill. And it was it's oh, basically yeah. based on it was like a it was a nonfiction book about that kind of stuff and a lot of it was like people who are into like prison pen pals and that kind of mentality it was for a project I was working on but it was super super fascinating I don't have that at all I get genuinely
0: very freaked out no. But, um, yeah, I'm scared of everything. Yeah. Well, and I don't think most of this is that, but also no, so no, to your no. point, I was reading, I was reading an article about the p- prison pen pal thing. And, uh, at first it was seen as this like sick twisted thing that women were reaching out to men in prison. And there was actually a link found between, uh, Uh, people who had been in domestic abuse situations who are reaching out to people in jail and some of the psychology of it being what is safer than being with a man who can't actually come near you. Right. Of course. And so I found that to be like a very interesting, I didn't think about that at all. Cause of course I was like, Whoa, that's so fucking creepy. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, Like the Menendez brothers
1: have had like, you know, at least one or two wives each in prison and they were definitely, you know, their, their case was such like a, like a big eighties, superstar young teen boy kind of thing. I'm not surprised that like other young women were like, they're cute and they're from Beverly Hills or whatever. But I think also a big thing that we haven't talked about yet is that a lot of times I think true crime is popular because there's always a woman character in it. And it's usually the victim. It's like not a great (laughs) female character. So true. But I think as a woman, just to be able to like stare into that darkness and be like, this is, a, this is a potential of something that could happen to me is a draw that like sucks you in. You know, there's a reason that like why as a teenage girl, like my mom, my sister and I were sitting there watching Dateline, you know?
0: For sure. Also on that topic, who is a hotter serial killer than Villanelle from Killing Eve? No one. Yes,
1: she's super hot. I did not get through that. This is, a, this is now you're learning like how much, Television, I have not finished this year. I will say, usually that's me. Yeah, but I, I have. I think it's, I will. I will blame my toddler not sleeping well and work. But I really need to get back into Killing <laughs> Eve because that woman was amazing. That's, she's the best.
0: I think you're allowed to pass. I don't. I think the last thing people are going to be mad about on this podcast is you not having seen a couple like, of these Elsa things that you didn't discussed. finish. <laughs> you. She didn't finish Killing Eve.
1: She has an overall
0: deal, a child, and she's pregnant, and how dare she. Uh, That's amazing. She's trying to tell us to go on tours. Is she okay? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with this woman? Uh, Are any of us okay? Isn't that the point of this podcast and, like, our consumption habits? Back to your hill. Some other fun things I have on here. So one of the other points was that by covering them so heavily, it allows their legacies to live on. Yeah. There's a reason why we should maybe not be doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: that, that's like not a terrible point, but I also think that people, I mean, do people kill people because they want a legacy? Maybe. But I think that's like has to be like a secondary or a third reason. Right. If they just want to be famous and they probably are just in Los Angeles right now among us. I mean, murdering yeah. someone <laughs> to get famous like that's like a real backup plan way to get famous.
0: Sure. Oh, actually, that was another point for people who then end up dating people in prison is it's riding the wave of fame, but from a safe distance, which I found super fascinating and makes so much sense because we're all so broken.
1: Right, because People magazine's definitely covering all of those marriages because People Magazine yes, is the perfect um, blend of celebrity news and true crime. It's the most perfect document <laughs> that ever arrives on any doorstep every week. I love People Magazine. People Magazine covers it all. And you know what my hill That's probably should have been is people magazine is the most important uh, news. <laughs> news, uh, news time. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I can't argue with you, honestly. Uh, truly, what's more joyful than opening up the tangible magazine and just going through those sweet, sweet spreads?
1: I always read it backwards first, because when I was a kid and I, I think, you know, this, I taught myself how to read on people magazine and my mom's like very 80s pink bathroom and it's probably why I obsessed with true crime. And the and back so page brand. used to be this thing called chatter, which was just quotes from celebrities. And I would always start on the chatter page and then read the magazine backwards. And to this day, I
0: usually read physical magazines backwards. That's amazing. so, really? so why, why, did you do, why did you start with chatter? It was the most interesting to you? I just loved the chatter. It was the easiest to read. <laughs> I loved the chatter. It was easy to read, it was quick. And it was just like, what are
1: celebrities saying this week? This is clearly, you know, 20 years before Twitter. So it was just like, hey, what's going what's going on? I'm just sitting cross-legged oh, so in my amazing. mom's bathroom learning about murder and uh, celebrities. Here, I, let me, this is a good place. There's a line that can be crossed, though. The, and and okay, I, I do have a line. It sounds like I don't have a line. It sounds like I'm a People <laughs> magazine, bathroom reading, fucking monster. But upon a time in Hollywood totally told me where my line was now I enjoyed that movie I've seen it twice I've rarely watched a movie twice I loved all the LA history stuff in it I really thought that for the movie to be respectful it should have ended when Sharon Tate was just a voice on the microphone at the very end so when Leonardo DiCaprio's character comes out and he's talking to Jay Sebring's character uh, Jc bring and is like hey boys shit was crazy and you hear her voice be like is everything okay there that's where I think it should have ended because that was very sad but when I got the only part of that movie where I was like this is wrong this is wrong is when they do that crane shot at the very end and you see her in like this alternate dimension you know Sharon Tate pregnant and alive in her driveway on that night and it was just like that one little extra like see what I did there that just made it feel gross to me. And so a hundred percent the line is like thin, but it like it, it exists. I don't know.
0: I think that's a smart argument. I mean, it's, it's an addendum that we should be allowed to consume this material and understand our human biases, but while also acknowledging that Hollywood can do a better job of being responsible when telling these For stories. Sure.
1: And I think you have to go with your, your gut and just be like, This is not being this is being told in a gross way or this isn't being told in a gross way. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know. I don't know, Taylor. Yeah. no,
0: it's, it's the awareness of one we're <laughs> being manipulated. <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing so great. You're you're doing an absolutely on my of being hill. respectful and dying on this hill. You're absolutely not defending murders. You're <laughs> defending the fact that a lot of us have an innate interest in wanting to see these murders. We're arguing in favor of responsible storytelling. Oh, yeah, responsible <sighs>
1: storytelling and kindness, and you know, like there's you, you can there's definitely pod like podcasts and. Documentaries and stuff that I'll throw on and tonally it'll just be so off that I'll just be like, this is disgusting and like, I can't do it. I think most of the ones that hit the zeitgeist really hard, like I, for me, Tiger King really, it did, I mean, clearly the Tiger thing was very sad and and it was kind of like slid in the back door there, but I don't think mm-hmm. that it was as disgusting as people are making it out to be. Mm-hmm.
0: I also think the fact that there's such a reaction to it is probably kind of a good thing because again, it's not only addressing the negativity towards the tigers, but it also has forced people to bring up the idea of like toxic masculinity and violence against women. And you know, the fact that this guy, Joe, there's something like truly like that draws people to him as a testament to the fact that he got two straight men to marry him. Joe Exotic got like a big amount of people to vote for him for the governor. I would have voted for him for governor. I saw his list of
1: things. I mean, not everything, but like, no, I wouldn't have. But like, I think that campaign manager was in love with him. But wasn't his type. Totally. And therefore didn't get added to the fold. That's my theory. But, you know, I think these, a lot of these sociopaths do have these like super charming ways. And that's how they get victims. And that's super mm. sad and fucked up. But also from Mm -hmm. the safety of your couch while you're sitting there eating like microwave popcorn. It it can be kind of fun to be charmed by these crazy characters for an hour or two and then feel a little scared and then go to bed. I think that's totally fine.
0: Yes, although I'm so sorry I can hardcore disagree with the fact that I'm going to bed straight after watching any of these things. I'm watching at least 2 episodes of The Office to cleanse my palate and then still having nightmares. Yeah, you got to you got to get the sunshine back in.
1: Although after Tiger King I went straight to bed. And Tiger King Oh, uh,
0: t- yes, I agree no tiger king kept me up on our text thread <laughs> yeah because we were like this is the craziest most although you know the first yeah. few episodes and there is that one episode that is like so
1: devastating
0: oh yeah episode five is like oh, we, it goes from being super fun to taking this turn of like oh no but everyone feels that that was rough i don't want to make i
1: don't totally. want to make light of that travis situation or that was that was messed
0: no. up but, but again, Doc Antle is also an example of a not hot serial killer or not serial killer, a not hot cult leader who we're all fascinated by yeah. because people who have the ability to attract that many people in that many ways, like it's hard enough to just like make friends. Alone, like, <laughs> I'm fascinated in their capacity to win love. Like if people can like start cults and attract this many people, I should be able to like get a job from my charm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I should be able to do okay in a general meeting if someone has like 16 girls yes. having sex with him because they want to like pet a tiger.
0: <laughs> 100%, exactly. I'm I watching that animal out of jealousy. I'm jealous. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I have an even bigger issue with like the portrayal of, of vic- I mean, obviously like the way the murderers are portrayed oh, is really problematic, sure. but the victims, like I feel like it's only in the last, couple of years that we're even seeing documentaries where the victims are, you know, women of color or, you know, sex workers or, you know, people that just are not getting covered by like Nancy Grace because they don't look like JonBenet Ramsey. And that's fucked Absolutely. up. Like that's definitely an area that I have a major issue with true crime and People Magazine, even though I said it was the most important news outlet of our time. Yeah,
0: and the news, it's just proof the crimes that get Coverage are oftentimes of white people, especially with victims. It's oftentimes like hot white women. Our society is fucked. Dude, it's super uh, fucked up. We can't go without saying that. That is a good reason for these to be bad, even though yeah, we there's are times, continuing to them. I
1: mean, even though this is my hill to die on, there are tons and tons and tons of issues with true crime um, coverage. Yes, um, and yes, th- that doesn't mean that Robert Durst isn't like so fucking funny when he was like, bye-bye. It's, it's, so, it's incredibly like,
0: fascinating. crazy. What he did is not funny as a character. No, study, what he did is like the least funny thing you can do. The fact that he like had like a mute
1: character that he would like dress up as a woman and like steal sandwiches. Just like everything about.
0: Wait, what is that? I don't, I'm not as familiar with him to be quite honest. What have you, that have you watched the jinx? Yes, but I only, I think I stopped watching after the first three and then had someone explain to me the insane ending. At one point. I'm so afraid. At
1: one point he was arrested, I think in Texas and he was dressed up in drag and he was not speaking because I don't think he wanted to give away who he was with his voice. And he stole a sandwich and had to like go to jail, but he had like this whole alter ego thing. He's just a, he's just a, I mean, obviously all murderers or criminals are like crazy to a certain degree, but he is really just
0: bananas. A lot of it, if you think about it, is also our obsession with like billionaires and like how they got there and like the psychosis behind like a lot of these, like really, really bad oftentimes men or, you know, Elizabeth Holmes, not a man, our obsession with her. It's like, Oh,
1: well, yeah. (laughs) Elizabeth Holmes is a perfect example of, of just like, I want to know everything about this psycho that I can.
0: I think sociopaths
1: are so interesting. I'm trying to remember what the actual name of the book is. Bad Blood? Bad Blood. That was like one of my favorite books that I read this year. And I mean, and she is off the wall, evil, bad. bad,
0: bad, A hundred percent.
1: But there's also parts of that book where you're like her family friend is like trying to take her down because she's a young woman who has perceived success. And there's moments where you root for Elizabeth Holmes during that book, where you're like, fuck you, family friend. Like, let this college girl, like, try and do her thing. And then you actually see what's going on. And you're like, oh no, she should be in jail forever. Like all of these people sure. that we're discussing. Um, yeah. No, I love, yeah. I love that. I mean, the
0: way that we, the way that we talk about, like, white collar crimes, I mean, it's its own hill. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's a fascination with sociopaths. All I can say to that is, like, as someone who feels so deeply about any everything <laughs> re- reading about someone who doesn't seem to care about anything is just like truly i can't get enough of it
1: it's shocking it makes your palms sweat the entire time i was listening to bad blood i was like she's going to get in trouble you know what i mean like she like she's bad and yes. like i don't know it's like she's a super fascinating character that's like fun to go down the rabbit hole when I listen to, like, Catch and Kill about Harvey, there's, like, there's like no there there. You know what I mean? I there's, like, nothing yeah, fascinating agreed. about him. He's just disgusting. Um, that was kind of, like, a hate listen for me. It's completely Some, some sociopaths it... are just not as entertaining. That's a horrible thing yes. to say. I'm going to
0: know. <laughs> The fact that a lot of these people, like, well, all of these people we're talking about, were caught and sent to prison, I think also makes us want to watch them because it makes us feel maybe inaccurately so but like there's some sort of justice at work yeah and like that these people will get caught except for joe exotic i don't think he should be in jail <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think he was framed oh by joe by Jeff, by jeff Do you? i think jeff
0: I think Jeff, Jeff and Carol work
1: together to frame him.
0: Interesting. Jeff is like truly the scariest human in the documentary. No, Jeff
1: is like one of the most terrifying people I've ever encountered in true crime. And also I do want to say, I know I just said that Joe shouldn't be in jail. Joe should be in jail. I know he should be in jail. <laughs> Jeff should also be in jail. Yeah. Carol should also be in jail. Yeah. Everyone from Tiger King should be in jail. I should probably be in yes. jail. I'm going to have, I've, every time I do a podcast, I get off the podcast And for like two days, I'm like, I can't believe someone let me talk for that long. And I go (laughs) to the same spiral. I'm really excited to see what the quarantine post podcast shame Spiral ends up being.
0: No, I mean you've been very thoughtful about this, and I think the reality of it is, is we're all fucking obsessed. That's why it's a trillion dollar industry. I That's know. why all of a sudden podcasts are a thing. This podcast would not exist if it wasn't for Serial. Serial brought podcasts ready. to to the forefront. It made people like realize that it was possible to get them on their phones, like, and that wasn't that long ago. I know. Um, I was yeah. I was
1: working on You're the Work still when. Serial was going on, Um, because we would all, like, listen to it and talk about it. And it's also crazy to me that Serial just, like, did not stick with the murder format after everybody was so obsessed. Um, But this is not my time to, like, bring up my producing ideas
0: for (laughs) Coding. While we're talking about just like the way that we romanticize things, the fact that Serial ended n- in not a clean way was actually was like, everyone was like, oh, how unsatisfying. But it was like, oh, it's a reminder that it is real life and what we are consuming like is affecting other people's lives. Right. It also brought the Innocence project and Serial like caused a huge influx of support for that project. Oh, which yeah.
1: It- I think the In the Dark podcast, both season one and season two, has led to some real um some change in both of those cases um in terms of how yes. police are handling things and um and i think the guy who is wrongfully imprisoned from the second season of in the dark and i don't remember his name because i have a baby who has, basically has one leg coming out of me right now but um <laughs> i think he might um he, there's like a lot of forward action in his case that he might be released you would have to do a deeper dive on that. But I do think that some true crime podcasts actually have a lot of benefits and, like, help people um, and aren't salacious and gross and, like, shed a lot of light to like, inequity and abuse and, like, how things are mishandled and can get some change. I mean, the fact I, – I would not be surprised if Doc Ample, Carol – and Jeff, if all of those zoos get shut down within the next year, just because there's such a public outcry.
0: Carol's husband's case is being reopened. Oh yeah, as well. I keep forgetting she actually may have murdered somebody. Yes. yeah. I think as a moral of this story, let's try to be respectful of the victims and the victims families. When we're telling these stories, there's there's got to be a way to do it without romanticizing it. But while also drawing eyeballs, because at the end of the day, eyeballs and popularity has a tendency to like get shit done. Yeah, it can be used for good. It can be used for evil. Uh, I think you've done an amazing job of dying on this hill. Do you have any uh, last words or last statements that you'd like to say to just make sure you're really uh, hitting home your hill?
1: No, I think that enjoy what you want to enjoy. Be responsible about it. Think about it critically. But don't let like a. Article make you feel bad that you watched the documentary because maybe that documentary is going to lead to some positive change.
0: I love it. And with that, uh, I'd love to read you your eulogy. You cool? Oh my god. <laughs> We have gathered here today to say goodbye to Alison Bennett, who died on the hill of It's Okay to Enjoy Documentary Murderers. Alison has survived by many, many, many projects, including Single Parents on ABC. You can follow her legacy on Twitter at Bennett Lee, spelled B-E-N-N-E-T-T-L-E-I-G-H, and on Instagram at Bennett Lee as well. Alison, we are so grateful for your time here on this earth and on this podcast. May you rest in peace guys thank you for listening to hillside dion if you like what you hear don't forget to like and subscribe on apple podcasts and leave us a review letting us know what you think you can also follow the podcast on instagram at hillside dion podcast and on twitter at hillside dion follow me on twitter slash instagram at i'm taylor cox thanks again for listening and hope to see you next week Forever
1: Dog. this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett Boehm, joe cilio and alex ramsey